0: Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. Starting your own Charlotte Mason co-op might sound a bit intimidating, but it doesn't have to be. Let's talk about that today, and here to join me is a longtime Charlotte Mason co-op director and starter, Laura Pitney. Laura, how long have you been directing a Charlotte Mason co-op?
1: Well, officially, probably about five years. Um, with the one local to my church and to our family. Um, We have been part, or I have been part of a mom's group that has been meeting monthly for about 10 years. And so um, both of those have definitely fed into me and our family, and I have been super blessed to be part of it. So how did you
0: start the co-op then? Are those two connected somehow?
1: I feel like looking back, they were. But at the time, we had our monthly moms meeting where we would um, sometimes go through one of Charlotte's six volumes, or sometimes we'd go through an inspirational homeschooling type book or topic Mm -hmm. or video series. So just things that were pouring into our homeschool lives. Um, So because that group was up and running and established as I grew as a mom and as a teacher and some of my friends grew in that same way. It just kind of naturally led into, "Hey, why don't we get together and teach some subjects together, you know, our children together." And so looking back, I definitely would say they were related. Um that has looked different and some of the families that were originally part of it are have moved or you know, switched directions and so it's different families now than it was even, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago. Um, So I think that, you know, the more you talk and you even socialize with your friends at church or um, whatever other, I guess, social outlets you have, just talking about it kind of feeds into, hey, let's get together. And that's, to
0: me, naturally how mine started. So if someone wants to start their own co-op, their own Charlotte Mason co-op, mm-hmm. what are some of the things they need to be thinking about?
1: Yeah, I would decide. I would I would say decide what kind of co-op you want to be, whether it's just maybe an academic co-op for certain, you know, Charlotte Mason subjects, or if you want to just do a nature day, or just want to do the monthly book club, just decide what your vision is for the group. Like, Then you can be able to tell people, hey, come, let's meet for coffee once a month and talk about, you know, nature study or how to do a picture study or, you know, so I just, once you know the type of group you want to have, then you can help get word of mouth out or start mentioning it to people. So then people know
0: what What they're getting into. Yeah, what they're committing to, exactly. (laughs) I suppose you might also need to decide what ages you're going to accommodate, or do you just wait and see who comes? I mean, my first priority has always been my own children. So if
1: I am the one that wants to do the co op and direct the co op and organize the co op, I feel like it was natural for me to want it to fit where the ages of my kids were. And so that's kind of my um, starting point was what, how will this benefit myself (laughs) or my own family? Just because I knew that um, in order for it to be a a compliment to our homeschool, that's what it would need to be versus a burden when I was trying to, you know, plan around all the other million options you might have. So that was where I started was ages that were appropriate. For my own family, but then as interest showed and ages kind of naturally spread out, we just kind of talked through the logistics of that. So, But I started with, okay, I have a second grader and a fifth grader and a ninth grader, so that's
0: what I'm going to plan around. That makes sense. So Then also I would think location would play yeah. into this as well. That's yeah. another decision I'm sure you had to make. Yeah,
1: yeah. And there's been times where we've met at a local park. Like monthly, and that worked well, and that was a good option because it didn't cost us anything. Um, over the years, we have been blessed to be able to meet at my church, and they have a fellowship hall that we can gather um, in and do the different lessons and activities. So, um, I would definitely just start brainstorming, maybe what options you do have that are probably free first. <laughs> That's ten. That that generally is probably what everybody wants. Um, But then, you know, sometimes if you really, really want to see the group happen, you might have to all pitch in to do like a rental fee or something. But I would just brainstorm to see what options you already have in your life and in situations or a friend may know somebody that has a room you can use or you can even open up your home, you know, if that's something that you feel led to do or want to do.
0: Good. Then you've been talking about um, if you are going to direct this. Yeah. What if somebody wants to start this co-op, but they don't feel like they have leadership skills. They don't necessarily want to be the one in charge. Sure. Is that a possibility?
1: For sure. And that definitely happens. Um, I would suggest maybe forming a leadership team. Um, You may be the visionary where you have the desire and the dream, and this is really what you want for your children, but you don't necessarily want to do the administrative or plan out logistics or organize it. So, you know, just start praying and asking and searching and figure out, you know, if we could get four or five other moms that want to come alongside you and just form that leadership team to where you can delegate and just, here's my vision. Okay, y'all do it. You know, that's okay to do. You know, it just depends on your personality and what what you have time for, the commitment that you have. But um, that leadership team, I think, would really give life to your group um, you can't do it all. You can try, and, um, and you may last for a while. I know that was my yes. situation, and I just think there's wisdom with having other brains to <laughs> collaborate, to figure out how to make it you know, a successful group.
0: Well, especially, I would think, if you want to grow, yeah. you have to be able to scale, and as you said, you yeah. can do only so much, yeah. especially when you're homeschooling yeah. your own kids, yeah. too. You don't want to neglect your own children for the co-op's sake. Right. It, it needs to complement. Yeah. So, yeah. so with that in mind also, another big decision then, once you have your leadership and your other parents involved, is figuring out classes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I think there's two ways to look at this, and it's just going to have to be something that you decide um, in the situation. <laughs> I don't think you can necessarily plan one way or the other, but... Um, you can have teachers or moms that, that are part of your group that have talents that they want to share with the group, and you can base your classes based on what they're willing to teach and share, um, utilize their, their skills and their the their, their things they're specialized in. Um, but if you're going to be a Charlotte Mason-focused group, there's certain classes that should be part of that co-op. And so... I know that I, I call them our CM one hundred and one classes. Like we're going to do art study, we're going to do composer study, we're going to have a time for recitation. We're get, you know there's certain classes that um, I want part of our group, and then alongside of that. If I have moms that say, hey, I'm really good at teaching theater, I'd love to do a theater class. Or, you know, I have a mom who's really good at science and she wants to do a couple experiments just to give them some hands-on experiences, you know. So it's kind of hard to plan one way and then end up with, oh, wait, I have all these great you know, moms that could do these certain subjects, but then you could plan around the teachers and miss out on the Charlotte Mason subject. So that's absolutely no help to anybody <laughs> <laughs> because it's just it's it's just fitting the pieces together. Um but as the director or the planner, I would definitely encourage that person to say, you know, I want this to be a Charlotte Mason-based co-op. These are the classes I for sure want to have part of the group. And then as moms present themselves and say, hey, I'm willing to do this, or have you ever thought about teaching this class? Then those can be complements to those cores, the the core CM classes that you want part of your co-op. So it's kind of a tricky... A scenario, but I just think having flexibility and um, having that person that can see how to how to organize it all together would be beneficial. And yes. it's okay to let them do it if that's not you.
0: <laughs> well, it sounds like it's very much like we do with our own home schedule. Yeah. You have certain things that are set, but then you sprinkle in other yeah. things that might change every Correct. term.
1: That's a, that's a great um, illustration for that. That's exact. And, and if you're already homeschooling, then you can see that and how that na- that natural progression happens. Yeah,
0: yeah. So Now, along with the classes, then, there's possibly, probably, some materials mm-hmm. that you'll want to use. Yeah. So how do you handle that? What kind of decisions need to be made about the materials?
1: Well, materials, to me, um, I don't... Uh, <laughs> I don't go too much outside of simply Charlotte Mason's resources. That's just been a go-to for me over the years. Um, I've adapted them to fit a co-op setting or um, there may be situations where we only need to buy one of the resources and then um, we'll just share in different ways, you know, like maybe home extensions or things they can do at home. So... Resources for me, I've, I've just always used the SCM resources, and they've been a really great fit for that group setting, but also keeping it real intimate and simple. Um, there's been times where I've had moms to say, hey, what about this? Or what do you think about this resource? And I always am glad to take in the suggestions and the ideas because there's great things out there that I just may not know about. So I always want to give that um, attitude that I don't, I don't have it. I don't know it all, and I'm not, you know, my way or no way. You know, I want. I, there's so many good ideas, so I always screen it though, and then usually there's a follow up conversation about yes, this will work great, or no, I don't think this is good
0: for a group setting, or or for a Charlotte Mason yes, approach. Yes, correct, correct. Or for have, the values of your group.
1: Correct. So you know, there's there's a lot to consider with that, and especially if you have new families that want to learn about Charlotte Mason, but yet still have maybe traditional mindsets about mm-hmm. certain things. So, you know, I don't want to deter them and just say, no, that's wrong because that's not their intent, it, but there's a learning curve there. And as the director and the leader, I want to encourage them to jump into the Charlotte Mason method and philosophy um, without being, you know, a dictator, with it, if that makes sense. So there's there's a responsibility that I have to encourage them and love them and point them in the right direction. But keeping
0: good Charlotte Mason resources helps everybody just be on the same page. One thing I'm very excited about as you've been leading your CM co-op and we've been discussing all about that is how you've helped us develop resources for groups specifically. And those are brand new. Yes (laughs) ma'am. Right now, Um, we have group lesson plans, group courses, like you said, you would take SCM resources mm-hmm. and make them work in a group. Well, we're coming out with lesson plans that do that already for the groups. Yes, ma'am,
1: it's very exciting.
0: And then talk about a little bit about what's available for those who want to start a Charlotte Mason co-op.
1: Sure, so one of the big dreams that I know SCM has ha- has had is how can we help build communities that really love Charlotte Mason uh, methods and philosophy? So out of that love, these resources and things have developed. And so one of the options is we have some video courses and there's some that are just basic courses. This is what to ask, this is what to look for, here's some encouragement. And those hopefully will be available for whoever wants them. If you really wanna dive in and dig deeper, we have some paid courses that you can purchase that'll just really walk you through that, the in-depth process of all the things we just mentioned, you know, location and teachers and policies and fees and all those things that just may seem really overwhelming starting out. Um, those specific courses are really um, created for the purpose of giving you the tools and the encouragement you would need to start a group from scratch but also there's there's ladies out there and teachers out there that have been doing co-ops for a long time and they just may want help and just say you know what this is streamlined this is something i can just either switch over to and do this with you know the scm resources or you know what that's a great idea i want to implement that or this is adapted for a group setting this would be perfect for our next term so Some of it can definitely be a la carte to help complement maybe a group that's already established, but there's also a lot of great resources to really help you
0: build up and start a CM community. It's always great to hear how a Charlotte Mason co-op can just grow into a beautiful community to encourage the home education as well as the group education, and I'm sure that all of your comments, all of your wisdom and insight has helped a lot of people know that it's not that hard to get a co-op started. Yes, it takes some work, I'm sure. Yeah, it But, does. <laughs> but it's not, it doesn't have to be intimidating. Right. You can do it. Is there yeah. anything you want to just encourage people with as we wrap yeah. up?
1: The biggest thing I would say about starting a co-op is to remember your goal and why you're doing it. Um, a lot of times that gets missed in the logistics of it. But ultimately, we want to invest in the hearts of our children. Our hearts need to be invested in. So having that community just really is something to remember why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. We're obviously there to enrich the mind, right? We want to learn. We want to be challenged. We want to grow. And then keeping in mind that we are all learning together I mean we don't ever stop learning and for our children to see us as learners and the, and us to see them them grow in the way they think and interpret the world I mean it's just a beautiful thing so that would be my encouragement is just to remember the why behind your the why of why you're doing it yes, um, yes. just because that really um, keeps our hearts motivated to invest and enrich and to learn together
0: thanks If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can also subscribe to the video version of this podcast or read the blog post on our website at simplycharlottemason.com. All of those links will be in the notes, along with links to any resources that I mentioned. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time.